And it's not a tit-for-tat type of situation. It's they've trusted God with it instead of saying, oh, I'm giving for the sake of giving. Cain gave for the sake of giving. Abel gave to honor God. And so when you read that story, you see that God recognizes and honors Abel more than Cain. And what's Cain's response is the same response we see in and through the world all the time. And John's about to touch on that. He lashes out not at God in anger, but at the one who seems to have usurped him. The one who seems to have won up. See, John then compares Cain and Abel to the world and us. In verse 13, he says, Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Who does not who does not love abides in death. He says, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Think about that. We're brothers and sisters with everybody in the world. We all descended from Adam. Cain and Abel were brothers together. Yet Cain lashed out his anger at Abel and he killed Abel. He murdered Abel. The world hates us because we have something they don't have. We have God's honor. When we give from our hearts more than what we possibly could afford, when we give to God ourselves, our hearts, our minds, and we honor him with every fiber of our being, the world hates us. They turn on us. They come at us. And quite often in some parts of the world, they kill us. But they can only kill a physical body. They can't kill your spirit. Because you see, when you learn to love the way God loves, through the hate, through the pain, through the sorrow, through everything that the world has to throw at you. When you learn to love that way, you've passed from death to life. You've been risen the way Jesus was risen. Jesus was risen physically, but spiritually you're risen from a dead, soulless life. I don't know about you, but when I gave my life to Christ and I really started learning about Christ and studying the word. Not just the moment I said, God, forgive me, but when I said, God, I'm yours. I started diving into the word. I became more alive. It's like my eyes opened for the first time. I recognized his blessings. I recognized his world. I recognized the miracles that happen every single day that we tend to take for granted in this world. You want to see what from death to life looks like? We're coming up on spring. How many of y'all seen the daffodils on the side of the road? The little seed, a little bulb in the ground that died last fall. And now it's broken through the ground, risen toward the sky, and 
it's opened up for us to see and enjoy. Tell me that's not a miracle from God. It seems so small. It's something we see every year after year after year. But it's death to life. This is a perfect time of year to talk about that because we're coming up on Easter in just a little while. Not too far away now. And we're going to talk about coming back from the dead. What does Easter mean? It's the love of God. He conquered death for us. He hung on a cross and bled for us. He endured human life for us. Lowered himself from the right hand of God to come down and be with us in a physical form just for us to murder him. Just him for us, for him to fight on our behalf for the keys to the kingdom of heaven. John tells us go back to verse 14 he says we know we have passed from death to life because we love one another think about how simple that is because we love one another we've passed from death to life just by showing love to one another it says whoever does not love abides in death I mean in the world aren't showing love for their neighbor or love for anybody around them they're not even showing and God forbid they love their enemy that's exactly what we're called to do. Persecute me, yell at me, cuss me out, hit me, stone me, whatever. I'm still supposed to love you. That's something the world cannot comprehend. And so they walk in death, in darkness, in sin, in shame. And most of the time they don't even realize it because they are dead inside. Now I'm about to tell you one of the harshest statements a Christian can hear because it's something that we don't even want to think about because even as Christians, sometimes we want to hold on to those grudges, especially if you're from Irish descent. We keep the grudge. <laughs> but listen closely to what John says. It says, all who hate a brother or sister, not just his brother or sister or her brother or sister, but a brother or sister, all who hate them are murderers. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. Just hating them. You don't even have to lay a physical hand on them and the Bible calls you a murderer because you have killed their spirit in your heart. That's what hate does. That's what hate does. And there's so many times when I want to want to go to myself and go, oh, I hate that person. But I really don't. I hate what they're doing. I really do want to kill what they're doing. And that's, that's what's in your heart. But as humans, we try to shut them out. We try to push them away. We try to do everything that hate wants us to do. That the devil wants us to do. The fact of the matter is we should be going, I love that person, and I'm going to pray that they change. 
when you do that and you earnestly believe it, you really, truly act on it, whether they change or not, isn't going to affect you as much as what you're going to feel inside. Because you're going to be feeling God's love say, I understand that you love them and you want them to change. I've got a timetable, but it's got to be their choice. And you have to accept that. But you don't stop praying. You don't stop loving. You don't stop trying. You don't stop preaching or teaching. You don't stop sharing with them. If you really, really love them, you don't say once, hey, I love you, I wish you would change, but you can keep walking to the cliff. No. You do whatever you can to get in their way. Adrian Rogers said, many people may walk over that cliff, but they're going to have to climb over my body to get there. We need to have that attitude. We need to have that attitude. Verse 16, John says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does love, God's love abide in any, anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother and sister in need and yet refuses help? It's a great question. In verse 16, let's look at that real quick. Love is sacrifice. God died for us to show his love. Are we willing to put everything we are on the line for somebody else? He says that we should be willing to die for others. We ought to lay our lives, lay down our lives for one another. We see Christians in other countries doing it, and we, we think our first thought is how appalling it is that they would kill somebody because they believe in Christ. We should be thinking how glorious it is that they would be willing to die for Christ to show others what Christ means to them. They're not afraid to share Christ with others even though it can mean death, that they might be beheaded that they might be shot, that they might be hung. They're sharing Christ with others. There are Christians in other countries, especially in third world countries, who look at us and say, I'm praying for you. Because if it's too far of a drive, you're probably not even going to church. We're having to have church in secret because people are trying to kill us. I'm praying for you because if the pews aren't padded, people ain't coming. I'm praying for you because if the air or the heat don't work, people ain't coming. Well, we're scraping together whatever pages of the Bible we can to share with one another in dark and in secret, on the ground, in the dirt. Do you ever think a third world country would pity us? Comfort sometimes leads to apathy. That's one of the most dangerous things a Christian can do is become apathetic. That means that you don't have a care about what's going on. You're like, eh, I'm good. How easy is it for us sometimes to get that, that feeling? 
you know, I'm saved, I'm all right. Then how many of us have a brother or sister or a cousin or a friend or even an old high school bully who we know needs to meet Christ? Or people in other parts of the country, what we call third world countries, other parts of the world, who do whatever it takes to show them God's love. Who dig wells with shovels to bring water to an orphanage. And we're too busy to write a check sometimes. We live in one of the most wealthiest countries in the world. Sometimes we're too busy because it might hurt me. I've been guilty of it. If you own a car, you're in the top 15% of the wealthy people in the world. Just by owning a car. We can't pass a house without a car sitting in front of it. Yet we think we're living in poverty sometimes. write a check, I can't volunteer any time, I can't do this, I can't do that because it takes away from me. There are people walking aisles just to worship, willing to die for one another. That's exactly what God has called us to do. Back to verse 17 says, how does, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods? sees a brother and sister in need and yet refuses help. That's exactly what I was just talking about. We have so much. Yet we're willing to give so little sometimes. John continues, he says, let, Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. How easy is it for me to go, I love you, and leave it at that? I'll love you too, and leave it at that. Or how much more love is shown when you put a sack of groceries on someone's doorstep, knock on the door, and leave? They never know who dropped it off. Some restaurants offer a choice to go ahead and cover a meal so that somebody who's less fortunate comes in and is like, look, I'm hungry, but I ain't got no money. And they're like, pick one. It's already paid for. There are so many ways we can show love for one another, and it's got to be in truth and action. And it's important on the truth part especially. How many of us think, oh, I'm going to show him love by lying to him and spare his feelings? Love hurts. Truth hurts. Might be a correlation. Share the truth with people and show them that you love them. Don't just tell them. He continues, it says, and by this, in verse 19, we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than 
than our hearts, and he knows everything. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth, from truth and action. And we'll reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. I had to read that again. When we show truth in action, it will reassure our hearts whenever our hearts condemn us. Have there been times when you've had an opportunity to give and you didn't and you felt bad about it later? I should have gave. I should have did this. Maybe I should have volunteered to go help out that, that food drive or whatever. But I did. It's your heart condemning you. And know that God is greater than even your hearts. If your heart's condemning you, how much more will God condemn you for that? If your heart is blessing you, how much more will God bless you for that? When you do give and you're like, I feel good about that. How much more does God feel good about that? even if it's just a little. Think about the old widow who gave everything she had and asked for no attention versus the Pharisees who were given their measly 10% who want everybody to recognize them. We still see that today. We still see that today. We see businesses and millionaires and rich people everywhere Look at what I did. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. The only reason you did it was for a tax break. I'm more concerned about what that person over there who's struggling to get by week to week did when they walked up and dropped 10 because it's all they could afford, or 5 because it's all they could afford in that little jar to help a child who needs surgery. Or, yeah, sure, I'll write a $20 check for for this charity because I believe in what they're doing. Even though I probably couldn't afford that $20 this week. Which is God bless more? The one who gave like Cain did? Or the one who gave like Abel? John continues, he says, Beloved, in verse 21, Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from Him whatever we ask, because we obey His commandments and do what pleases Him. Think about that. When you give without getting, when you give more than you really probably can, when you give without any expectation, you show real love. Your heart's not going to condemn this, condemn you because you have boldness in God. You have boldness in Christ. You're giving with love. The way that Abel gave what he wasn't sure if he'd get anything back. I'm not saying that you'll be blessed and you're planting seeds like those TV preachers tell you. I'm saying... Don't worry about it. 
saying put yourself in poverty to do it. I'm saying when your heart says, and you hear that voice in your head saying, you probably need to give something. Give something. It's your $5 or your $1 or your $2 or $10 or $20 or whatever it is might be just what they need to put them over the top for whatever they're taking up money for. There may be companies that have already given thousands of dollars and they still haven't reached that goal. They're waiting on that $5 that you can give. You may not be able to give money. You may only be able to give a little time. You know, I can spare a couple hours on Saturday. Let me go down there and hand out meals. I may not have time. I may not have money. But maybe I have leftover material from a project. And they're trying to build something. Take that down there and drop it off for them instead of burning it or throwing it in the garbage. There are lots of ways to give. Maybe they just need a phone call. Maybe you know somebody who's lonely. Doesn't get a lot of visitors. You got an hour you can stop by. Maybe you know somebody who's in the hospital. You get an hour, you can stop by and just say hi. I'm praying for you. And pray for them. Maybe you got a long drive ahead of you and you can pick up that phone and give them a phone call and say, hey, I was thinking about you. just wanted you to know I love you. I wanted to pray for you. There are lots of ways to give. There are lots of ways to be active in love. I love the way that this rounds out in this chapter. Because it tells us right away in the very next verse, in verse 23, John basically just tells us there's only one way you're going to learn to love like this. There's only one way you're going to learn to love the way God wants you to love, and that's because you have to know Him. There's only one way to know Him. It says, And this is His command that we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. Did you catch that? We have to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. There's no other way. He is the way to showing true love to people. We have people all over the world who give for selfish reasons. Like I said, I don't know how many businesses want to give a tax break. It's tax season coming up. They want to make sure they get that tax break, and that's the only reason they give. Some give because they care. Tax break's just a bonus. Some give because they get. And it makes them look good in the public perspective. Sometimes you can tell by who they're giving it to. 
don't know how many charities have been set up, and they look good on the surface, but when you dive down deep into it, the CEOs, the executives are making a lot of money, and very little goes to the charity itself. Some I've seen, when you look it up, the CEO and the executives are barely getting by because they're putting as much as possible into that charity. Look at the companies who are given to which ones. That's how you know. Because the companies are given to those that more money goes to the charity and not to the CEOs. They've probably given because they care about what that company's doing, what that charity's doing. The companies who are given to the comp to the charities whose CEOs are millionaires probably worked out a deal with that CEO. I'll put your name up here, make it look pretty next to mine. We'll both get good PR. And you can buy you a jet next week too. Make sure your giving reflects your heart. Make sure it reflects Christ above everything. very last verse just brings it home for us. It says all who obey his commands abide in him and he abides in them and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. What spirit has he given you? What spirit do you have in you? Do you have a spirit of love and conviction and compassion for other people to the point where Hey, if I can help somebody, I'm going to. Or do you have a spirit of, i got to look out for me, and I've got to do what's best for me? I pray that you have that first spirit, because that's a spirit that reflects God. That's a spirit that reflects the life of Christ. He didn't have to come down to us, but he did. He didn't have to live a life like we live but he did. He didn't have to show us what it's like to live a perfect life, but he did. He didn't have to die on that cross, but he did. And then he didn't have to rise from the dead, but he did. He didn't have to love us, but he did. He does. We should learn to love one another in the same way. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you've given us. Thank you for the message you've given us. Lord, I ask that you give us a heart of love and compassion that we can share the gospel with others above all things. If nothing else, we can give people that. Give us a mindset to try and outdo each other in love. Not for our own for yours so that the world sees your light sees your love and your compassion shining through us through every action that we take Lord I ask that you give us the strength to share the story of Jesus Christ with everybody we can because that is the ultimate act of love is to make sure that they have a relationship with you so that when they get where they're going 
can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, I ask that you give us the strength and the courage and the willingness to share your gospel with those around us, even those who we might think hates us, even those who we might consider enemies, Lord, that we show them love and truth through Jesus Christ and that we show them love and action. Lord, I ask that you be with us as we walk out from here and to remember all of those that are on our prayer list that maybe we would just give them a phone call this week. And if we have the opportunity here, if we have the time that we might visit with them for just a little bit, that we have a giving heart. Most important that we give you to others. Lord, I ask that you be with each and every one of us and bless us in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.